Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello. The Bob Seska Show. I have vacation fever. Next week is vacation week. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But I, I have to warn you, I've got one foot out the door. I'm just saying. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, November 16, 2021. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 301 of the Biden-Harris administration. 356 days until the 22 midterms. Go follow me on Instagram right now. The Bob Seska is my handle, and my handle on Twitter sucks. It's Bob Seska underscore go. Oh, and look, sitting right over there, it's uh, my good friend Buzz Burbank. You yeah. say Buzz Burbank. There he is. Hi. You said it all. Hello. Hi, Bob. What's Hi, everybody. Happening? How you doing? Hi, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I'm boosted. Good. I'm ready to roll. I don't know about you, but I feel like a trillion bucks. 1.2 trillion, to be exact. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he's Bob. I'm Buzz, and we're super excited. Uh, we just got our indictment advent calendars. So yeah, I, I got the candles. I'm all set. The three purple and one pink. Yeah. Open the first door there, Steve Bannon. <laughs> Uh, Bannon turned himself into the FBI yesterday. Uh, this was interesting. I don't know if you heard this. He turned himself in on one condition, <laughs> not to put him in Jeffrey Epstein's cell. <laughs> what a shame that would have been. The same lawyer. <laughs> I know. Uh, legal experts, uh, meanwhile, are predicting an unprecedented outcome in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Oh, yeah? They're saying the judge could be convicted on all counts. <laughs> He's nuts. Uh, what is there? in the news? Also, uh, the cost of heating your home uh, is expected to rise this winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Republicans say they plan to stay warm by the fire of a burning book. Ah, yes, of course, the fascist idiocracy rising here. But we don't have to worry about heating our home here, Buzz. As you know, we keep it uh, <laughs> nice and frosty in our apartment, so we're going to escape yes, that one. Yeah, no need to burn. <laughs> uh, I'm also excited today about Thanksgiving. I, 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 are you? Is everybody excited about eh, Thanksgiving coming? Meh, I, meh. I think some people are anxious, some people are excited, but yeah. I'm excited, and here's why. Yeah. Uh, this year, I plan to marinate my turkey right after I get it vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has called back the state legislature mm-hmm. uh, here in Florida to, to pass a ban on all mask and vaccine mandates. Uh, they also are expected to ban seatbelts, condoms, and, of course, sneeze guards. Achoo! Achoo! 
all over the salad. Yeah. <laughs> no protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some red hats now are uh, soaking in borax. Fun. Thinking it will remove, you know, whatever they think's in the vaccine. <laughs> They've now gone from Clorox to borax. <laughs> if they keep working their way up the alphabet, I think the next move is arsenic. Yeah. <laughs> Dare to dream. I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? I don't know. I didn't mean to. I didn't hear it. Uh, Joe Rogan (laughs) claimed this week. (laughs) Joe Rogan, podcaster, failed actor, claimed this week that he can pleasure himself orally. (laughs) So are you surprised he needs a dewormer? Oh, man. He's so flexible. Yep. (laughs) Another Friday is at end. Are flying again. Someone had to be the one to tell him. I'll try though. Rocky Mountain Mike, Rocky MNTN Mike on Twitter, and I caught most of that. I was able to understand most of that one. Here's the thing, though, about uh, Rocky Mountain Mike's parody songs yeah. is he just puts everything into oh, it. Oh, I know. You know. I know. And uh, I really appreciate that. Those are great. Yeah, the vocals were outstanding on that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just fun to listen to them for the production value. That's what I do. I do, yeah. and I, maybe I've mentioned this before, but he'll do a, a parody of a song, and I, obviously I don't memorize his lyrics on the first hearing, yeah. but I do spend the next week singing the original version of that song. <laughs> so Yeah, me too. He, he's me setting too. the music in my head. <laughs> <laughs> So as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, next week is a full holiday week. We're not going to do a partial week. We're taking the whole goddamn week off, right? That's wonderful. And so this is our last Tuesday show before Thanksgiving. A lot of things to be excited about today. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have Chris Christie coming up later on the show. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. uh, He's he's everywhere. Uh, You can't avoid it. No, (laughs) we don't. We're going to be talking about his book at length. I think most of the show is going to be about... No, 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 no. No, Chris Christie. Yeah. That's about as much Chris Christie as you're going to get on the show today. Us joking about having him on the show. That's it. Yeah. Thanks, CNN, by the way, for giving that guy all kinds of publicity. Forget about Bridgegate. That's flushed down the memory hole, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, we're off all next week for Thanksgiving break. It's not going to be like a partial week, and then we take the second half of the week off. I haven't had a, a breather here, to, a chance to refuel the outrage tanks since like June or something like that. So I'm ready for this one. I'm anticipating this eagerly. And then uh, we're going to be back after that, obviously, for about three weeks of shows in December. Mm-hmm. And then we're off for two weeks over the, the holidays. But 
But, but as you know, the two-week holiday also includes our very special <laughs> New Year's Eve show oh, that's a big where one. we're going to get everyone together, the whole cast and crew, and we're all going to uh, talk over each other for an hour and a half. That'll be fun. Oh, no. It's so much fun. I, we all had a blast last <laughs> yes, year, and I look did. forward to this one. Yeah. Last year's New Year's Eve show took on a pornographic tone very, very rapidly. <laughs> oh, oh, these people? I can't imagine yeah, that. Yeah, it's but... a, such a shock. I know. We're all such Puritans here. So. And the other thing I'm going to do over the Christmas break is I'm looking at putting together a best of the after party, several episodes of oh, that wow. to, to run yeah. on our Patreon page. Oh, that's nice. So we're going to be doing a bunch of those and putting them together in little uh, episodes for you on our Patreon page. And speaking of which, one more piece of business here, Buzz. Uh, yes. Tomorrow, I am going to be interviewing do- the great Dr. Irwin Redliner here on the show. Ah. And he is a COVID expert. He's been on the Stephanie Miller show since the beginning of the pandemic. And here's what we're doing. If you are a Patreon subscriber, one of our great Patreon subscribers, even at the $1 level, you can now submit your questions for Dr. Redliner, Dr. Doom. And I've got a post up on our Patreon page right now. It's open for everyone uh, on our Patreon page from the $1 level on up. So make sure to get your questions in. Uh, I think the deadline will be somewhere around... Uh, noon tomorrow, noon on Wednesday. So if you're hearing this show late after Wednesday, you future people, you're too late. But if you're one of the eager beavers who download the show right away after we post it, then you've got the leg up. So go over to our Patreon page. Even if you're not a subscriber, sign up for a dollar a month. It's pennies per episode. Uh, You help support the show, and you can ask uh, your questions. And and for the unfamiliar, uh, these will be questions about uh, the pandemic, about COVID. Yes, specifically COVID. Yeah, we're talking about COVID. We're talking about uh, protocols over the holidays, what we can expect over the next couple of months to the next year or so, uh, whether we're looking at a lot of us could use that advice the week before thanksgiving so that'll come in very handy yes that's exactly the point yeah i want to do that right before the thanksgiving break so we all know what's what by the time we get together with family and friends next week believe me i'll be listening plus uh speaking of covid i was fully boosted on sunday of this past week this past weekend and uh, so glad, so uh, feel good to be boosted. I've had uh, no side effects, really. You know, the usual, the sore shoulder thing, which mm-hmm. was minimal because that's my shitty shoulder anyway. Ah. <laughs> that shoulder's always sore, Buzz. Uh, but I was encouraged by the fact that it was very, very difficult to schedule a, a booster appointment. They are booking up quickly. And if you haven't received your booster and you want to receive your booster before Thanksgiving, You better get on that now because I had a hell of a time. It wasn't as bad as last April trying to schedule the first uh, vaccines. But this time around, um, it was, I would say, about half as difficult, but it was still a challenge. It was still, I still was running into a lot of, oh, we're full, we're booked up. Uh, Very few pharmacies that I'm aware of, back here at least, are accepting walk-ins along those lines, so you do have to schedule. But most of the usual pharmacies uh, have a scheduler on their website, so good luck. Good luck with that. Vaccinations are up, and I think there are several reasons for that. One, I think uh, this is a bit of a pre-holiday rush. Uh, that's, That's one aspect aspect of it. Another aspect, of course, is the mandates, uh, where they have gone into effect or the mm-hmm. employers who have enforcing them. Uh, people are, are, you know, rushing to comply for the most part, despite the complaining. Yeah. And uh, I, I think the rising numbers uh, also, uh, now that COVID numbers are on the rise again, as we expected, we're not, we're expecting a, a post-Thanksgiving 
surge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, England is now uh, suffering its fourth surge of the COVID virus, yep. uh, of the pandemic, and uh, there's a reasonable expectation that the U.S. will follow suit. And I was noticing that Dr. Fauci was uh, yeah. talking about the fact that the decline in the Delta wave has stopped and is leveling off. I actually preempted Dr. Fauci on a, a bit of information yeah, there, I so uh, yeah. well, I was glad to see that. But obviously the information itself, not happy to see he that. Made it, he made it very clear. He said you can yeah. have all the Thanksgiving with all the family you want yeah. so long as everyone is vaccinated. That's right. And so that's the key. And what we're looking at now is um, increased urgency to get those boosters because we have open travel from Europe and now people from <laughs> one of the big COVID hotspots in the world right now uh, are going to be incoming to the United States. So uh, we can expect some sort of impact from that. You know, obviously we're all worried about uh, the, the spike in, in infections and hospitalizations because of the holidays and the get-togethers that happen there. And right. so, uh, you know, we just have to be uh, be aware and be prepared uh, with our booster shots. And the thing with the boosters is that, yeah, uh, this is what's concerning me, Buzz, which is that I think a lot of people got those initial vaccinations and then felt, well, I'm good. I'm good to go for the foreseeable mm -hmm. future. I don't need a booster. But especially the J&J &J vaccination is limited yeah, in terms man. of its lifespan. And, and, you know, we should mention also the people who have had COVID, who have tested positive at some point, even though they may not have the active virus now. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, there's still a, a threat. If they, regardless of the, the immunity that they built up by having the disease, that immunity is very small. And uh, we know that the vaccine immunity doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm. uh, every six months is what we're looking at right now, as long as the pandemic continues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and so if the vaccine doesn't last long, that weak immunity that you get from having had the disease will last an even shorter period of time. Mm. So you, you, if being, having had the disease, if you got any immunity at all, it was small and it is or has faded. Uh, and again, that, that J and J, it really starts to disintegrate. I don't know if that's the technical term, but that's the one I'm going to use mm. after about two months. And that's, uh, that wow. I would say if you've been J and J vaccinated, then you need, you definitely need another one uh, about now. So just to be on the safe side, obviously. Some of the better. Because we now, uh, according to uh, the latest figures, the U.S. now stands at 78,500 uh, average cases right now. That's a 23% jump over the mm -hmm. past two and a half weeks, according to federal data. I mean, let that soak in. 23% yeah. is a huge jump. Yeah. Huge. Ab but Buzz, uh, some late night comedian told me the pandemic was over. Why? Why? Oh. Why was he you, wrong? You, you must be referring to Bill Maher. I think I am. Why? Here's here's, here's where you went wrong, <laughs> comedian. <laughs> yes, that's right. When are we gonna effing learn? Even when I, I stopped watching his show when the pandemic started, and he went to Hawaii or wherever it was, he was doing the show by himself. But yeah. I was already irritated with him, and I liked the show less because I like the show. I think the host is an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's the latest numbers along those lines. And we're going to come back to COVID here in a second because we've got this new uh, information from the 
the House uh, Select Committee on the coronavirus pandemic. Yes, and yes. we're going to talk about that uh, at length here coming up in just a minute. But we have to get to the big news of the past several uh, days or so. And that is, of course, Steve Bannon indicted, which I got to say happened about two minutes. I swear to fucking God, happened about two minutes after we wrapped recording the after party on Friday. Like, oh, damn you. Oh, wait, this is great news. That was my initial reaction. Like, shit. Oh, this is awesome. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, very yeah, conflicted. Yeah. A double-edged sword, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what I did is... I went back in and inserted a special report after Good the fact you. where I That's said, what you should do. Yeah, breaking yeah, like into that. this uh, show to let you know that we know. Uh, so now you know, and we've mentioned it here on the show. We're not so late uh, with all of that information. Right. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. And so, of course, Steve Bannon goes in, uh, turns himself in yesterday, and immediately, immediately steps outside and goes, Here's what we're going to do now. We're going to try another one. <laughs> is basically what he was saying. He was like, mm-hmm. yeah, st- oh yeah, yeah. He and did worse, a, he did a version of the stand back and stand by thing. Didn't he, he did. What the hell does stand by mean? I, I loved what Joyce Vance said quietly on Twitter yesterday. The former U.S. prosecutor said uh, it is always a mistake for someone who's just been indicted to issue threats. Yeah, regarding that indictment. Oh yeah, and that's exactly what he did. He's, you know, uh, I saw people complaining about why is the media swarming around this guy and giving him all this attention, giving him this forum to spew this nonsense uh, because it's going to hurt him because that videotape mm-hmm. can and probably will be used against him in court. After that threat from Steve Bannon, I would have marched right back into the courthouse. I would have walked into the uh, the judge's chambers and said, <sighs> Why are we letting him loose? He just stood out on the steps out front and then threatened the Speaker of the House. Why why is he being allowed back out? And, of course, Steve Bannon went immediately back to the Willard Hotel and did another goddamn podcast from the Willard Hotel right after being released on his own recognizance for some reason, which I'll never understand. Yeah, That's evidence. Yeah, yeah. Because he's making it worse. I mean, yeah, he wasn't indicted because of specifically inciting the insurrection. But it's all related, isn't it? It's all part of the same whole. And so you don't want him going out and doing it all over again. We're constantly going to be chasing after these guys if all they do is uh, get released and then step out and go, oh, hey, let's try another one. How about this? Let's go after Joe Biden this time. How about uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi? We'll go after Steny Hoyer. No one knows who Steny Hoyer is, but we're going to go after him too. A lot of people have a lot of, of reasonable questions about why was he released? Why was he allowed to make an appointment like a spa visit to turn himself in? Yeah. Uh, they, you know, why wasn't there a perp walk? I, you know, I, I agree with these questions. I, mm-hmm. I wonder these things too. I, yeah. I think it's unfortunate and it does open the door for this. If there is a bright side and, and there is certainly a dark side, but if there is a bright side, he's further incriminated himself. Uh, the, the dark side of course is, uh, are the words stand by, uh, that that's a threat, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. That's a threat to the United States. Yeah, and who knows what form this will take? I, you know, I I tend to think, uh, Buzz, that Steve Bannon is not as smart as he likes to think he is. And one thing I've been mm-hmm. noticing too is he has certain go-to buzz phrases. He's not all. He's also not as hygienic as he thinks he is. <laughs> that is a given. Jesus, talk about a festering, infected carbuncle, that guy. If you're called into court, you always want to dress up, make a nice appearance, (laughs) clean-shaven, comb your hair. 
you know, yes. try to try to show the judge you're serious about this. No, not him. He just he looks like he spent the night in a dumpster. I mean, that's Steve Bannon. I have heard rumblings that he remains under surveillance, that he's being watched and followed oh. and tracked and all those kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, he, you know, he, he may be making his own noose here. Well, as I was saying, he loves a certain number of uh, phrases that he constantly revisits to make himself seem smarter than he is or more diabolical than he is. And one of the things is he loves to say the phrase administrative state. Wow. No one says that. No one no, goes around in political circles. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Buzz, but the only person who uses the phrase the administrative state, as in we want to deconstruct the administrative state. Right. The the only one who uses that phrase is fucking Steve Bannon. Right. And uh, there are a couple of other ones that are slipping my mind right now, but it's the ones that he constantly goes back to over and over again and to make himself seem smarter than he is. So I think sometimes we overestimate the Darth Vader let's, aspect of Steve Bannon. Let, you know let, what I mean? Let's see, let's see if he's smarter than the prosecutors. Are you smarter than a prosecutor? And also... <laughs> Uh, you know, let's see how that works out for him after we saw how the Alex Jones thing went. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. I love that story, too. Sure. Um, meantime. Good day yesterday. The infrastructure, uh, the you know, Bannon turning himself in uh, to be arrested, uh, and then uh, Alex Jones being uh, found guilty on four counts. When we have a day like that, embrace it. Embrace mm -hmm. that victory. Uh, uh, let it make you feel stronger. Yeah. Uh, let it make you feel hope. Uh, the, yesterday was a very, very good day. And Beto O'Rourke announced he was running for governor of Texas. Also These were all news, some yeah, incredible, yeah. Out, all in one day. That yeah. was how your Monday was this week. In, try to enjoy that. But Democrats in disarray, my God, my God. Oh, Let's yeah. all render our sackcloth now. Um, so Donald Trump issued a statement, one of his stupid fucking Save America Pack statements uh, yesterday in reaction to the right. Steve Bannon indictment. And uh, I'm just going to read this because uh, John Fugelsang <laughs> did his curb stomp <laughs> on uh, Donald Trump uh, yesterday on Twitter. Uh, here's Trump's statement first. Okay. This country has perhaps never done to anyone what they have done to Steve Bannon, and they are looking to do it to others also. It's nice to see Donald Trump not being hyperbolic these days, huh? No one's ever done to this country what Steve Bannon's done. Yeah, no shit. If they would be so tough with China, Russia, and the world who no longer respects us, <laughs> this is easily written by Donald Trump, maybe our country would not be failing at a level at which we have never seen before. We never talk about making our country great, and it is now heading in an unthinkable direction with the Afghanistan withdrawal, open borders, inflation, woke everything, and so much more. The USA is a radicalized no. mess, and I see the word woke once again, and oh, sure. I immediately go to what it's standing in for, what it really means, what they're really saying, and that is the N-word. They just want to—it's the new way that they well, can say the N-word out loud without saying the N-word. So, yeah, that's yeah. their word for decent people is woke. <laughs> right, you know, right. Decency to them is is woke. And we, oh, yeah. we can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's basically to me, it's a synonym for enlightenment. And right. the enlightenment right. of the 18th century brought us a little something called the United States of America. And to Trump's statement, I would say, uh, no, we don't talk about making America great. We actually do it by building roads and bridges and yeah. uh, broadband internet and mm -hmm. rail service uh, and so much more. Yeah. Uh, no, we don't just talk about making America great or print up a bunch of hats. <laughs> we actually pass a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill 
that will benefit everyone. That's right. And the phrase to remember for 2022 along those lines, Buzz, and it's already started, it's going around as a hashtag, and it's becoming a thing, and that is Democrats Deliver. And yeah, I think that's yeah. a great, you want to talk about some good framing, you want to talk about some good messaging, I think that's it. And uh, I know uh, Ron Klain last night on Lawrence O'Donnell mentioned that they're doing like a hundred city tour to promote this uh, infrastructure legislation, good. which is all good. good. Need, all good. We need we need much more than that. If, if yeah. there's a weakness in the Democratic Party right now, it remains uh, messaging. And yeah. so we've got to stay on that. Keep it simple. Keep it clear. Uh, I was doing the hashtag uh, Biden got it done. Yeah. Uh, but people need to know, uh, you know, but the. Uh, to hear the press tell it, the press generated a lot of unhappiness and then reported that there was a lot of unhappiness out there. Uh, and and uh, that's what we're dealing that's what we're dealing with yeah. now. and I, and I think I think your original theory is correct. I've heard others take it up as well, and that is that they're trying to compensate and show that they're just as mean to Democrats as they are to Republicans. Uh, that's not what this is about. This is about saving democracy yeah. that allows for a free press, and uh, they are so far off the mark. And I see a rising tide of progressives now, you know, uh, conservatives walked out on mainstream media long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I see progressives doing it too. Hopefully the media will... Somebody proposed that this will cause them to shrink and yeah. get the message. I, I hope that that happens uh, because the message is wrong right yeah, now. Absolutely. Well, going back to this Trump statement about Steve Bannon, where he's defending Steve Bannon and right. basically uh, retconning everything he said, including what John Fugelsang posted by way of a quote yesterday. Uh-huh. And that is uh, Donald Trump from January 5th, 2018. Sloppy Steve Bannon, who cried when he got fired and begged for his job. Now Sloppy Steve has been dumped like a dog by almost everyone. (laughs) Too bad. That was Donald Trump in 2018. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, Sloppy Steve, not bad. As someone who has made fun of Steve Bannon's looks (laughs) for the past 24 hours, okay, I'll take that. If you think Trump is your friend, you need a friend. Yeah, (laughs) exactly right. That's the thing. All of you a-holes who are wrapping your arms and legs around Donald Trump's uh, lower leg and humping away, get ready. He's going to come after you next because he comes after everybody. No matter what you do, no matter how you talk on the Sunday shows, he's eventually going to get you. And we already see the cowardly behavior. None of you a-holes can stand up to him. He is going to destroy you. It's just a matter of getting to your name on a list. That's it. I, I am pleased that the wheels of justice are turning, but they are turning uh, slowly, especially while the clock moves rapidly yeah. on uh, Democrats' control of government. That's right. What, what as tenuous as it may be. Um, time is going to run out, and if Republicans take over in 22 and or 24, uh, you, you can forget these investigations ever coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. So they must, must, must move forward quickly. I think it was last week you and I talked about our hope would be that some of this stuff got definitively wrapped up by summer ahead yeah. of the elections. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, here's a big motivating uh, factor. Let's give the 1-6 committee two more years to investigate all this shit. Two more years. Because you know what's going to happen if things go sour in the 22 midterms? The 1-6 committee ends on January 1st, 2023, or whatever it is, January 1st or 4th, or whatever that date, right, the, whatever the, that the inaugurating date in the, the next Congress. That's when it ends. And you know what's going to replace it? 
a committee to investigate the one six committee. That's what mm-hmm. the Republicans are going to launch on day fucking one. You, you mark my word. Will. You know that's they will. What, that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get out there and let's Time do is what of the we essence. can. It, it, yeah. It's been proposed that uh, a special prosecutor be named so that if there ah, is an yeah. administrative change, uh, that investigation, that's a way of making sure the investigation will continue. Maybe the one six committee will gather. Well, they've already gathered quite a bit of information. Yeah. Uh, maybe they will have uh, enough information at that point to make it uh, absolutely necessary necessary to have a special prosecutor yeah and in just a minute here we're going to talk about uh something you may have never heard about up until just recently if at all you know i'm thinking about doing this as a regular segment on the show something that gets lost in the fire hose of news every week something that we don't often talk about on twitter or social media something that doesn't make it through the noise and today is one of those days where we're going to be talking about uh something you've never heard of before and that's coming up here in just a bit. We're also going to talk about Mark Meadows and how he's next on the uh, criminal referral list. And, of course, Alex Jones, plus something so hilarious dropped <laughs> on Twitter today. A video okay. from Laura Ingram's show. Oh, I saw that. I and can't wait. we have to play it. And the question yeah. I have to ask Laura Ingram is, who's on first? Uh, We'll just get to all of that in just a minute. Hilarious. Uh, But first, if you're only listening to the free portion of this show, you are missing so much. Hey, you're listening on Apple Podcasts. You get to about an hour in, and that's usually around when we wrap up the show for you. But if you're on our Patreon page, if you're signed up at $5 a month, there's an additional 20 minutes of show after the end credits roll uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, right? And it's all happening on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the Shadow Docket podcast at patreon.com slash Show or bobseskashow.com. Either one will work. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news. It's like an extra third of the show added onto the end of the show. And it's only going to cost you pennies per episode. The Shadow Docket drops every Tuesday and Thursday after the free shows. $5 per month, and you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast. Don't miss out. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it and send it to all your friends, and we thank you in advance. The Bob Seska Show. That's what I was waiting for right there. This is a brand new recording artist to the show, Emmy Taliana. Yeah. I think she's from England. This is a song called Everything Is Love. It's a t- title track from a brand new album called Everything Is Love. Emmy Taliana.org. Link in the description to support her album and her work. Oh my God. 
I am loving this. Sounds really good. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, more to come on the Indie Music Countdown at the end of the month. BobSuska.com slash music to submit your work. Thank you for doing that. All right. So, Laura Ingram. (laughs) Laura Ingram. I don't know what the hell happened. I mean, there's conflicting theories about this as to what the fuck this even was. She had a guest on her show who appears to be, I think he's a regular on Fox News Channel. And he was trying to make a point about, you know, woke culture and vaccines and so on. And Laura just was not paying attention or she was just out to lunch and not understanding what he was saying. Without any further ado... <laughs> Enjoy the politics and all those woke storylines in so many shows today. You know, I was watching an episode of uh, you where measles came up. Wait, wait, wait. When did I mention measles? <laughs> I don't know. It was on you. What? 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 What was on me? What are you talking about? Right? What, the, is Ray even hearing what I'm the saying? I never had the measles. Was on you. <laughs> we never did a. a we never did a measles and vaccine episode. Am I, is this a joke? I know. I don't even know what you're w- talking about. It was on you. It was on you. I've never had, Raymond, I've never had measles. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is stupid. It was an episode of a show, Laura. What's it called? You. <laughs> you. Called? It's called you. I've never done a show on measles. I, I just completely give up. We got to get it's out of It's a show I, I give up. called you on Netflix. There's a show called Laura Ingham on Netflix. No, my God. Never mind. About? I'm moving on to Adele. I can't explain this to you. The pop about? singer. <laughs> All right. Da, 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 da. Uh, that is that is straight out of Vaudeville, isn't it? They they will uh, they will be touring uh, vaudeville houses across the country. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit. Boy, and she, even when he explained that it was a show called You that uh-huh. appears on Netflix, she right. says what are you talking about? There's no show called Laura Ingram on Netflix. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Hello. And so, as I was saying before we played it, uh, everyone's going, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen it in my is. life. And some people are going, oh, that was staged. That, of course, the, the Debbie Downers of well, Twitter. It, it, it would, yeah, it would seem so because it's so perfect. But no, no, these are people genuinely not understanding each other in a real way, in much the same way Abbott and Costello That's pretended right. that in Who's On First. Yeah. For those of you who were born after 1990, go to YouTube and look up Who's On First, Abbott and you would Costello. Enjoy it. You'll you know it. I don't care about. how old it is. In fact, you yeah. don't even have to look at the black and white film. Just listen. It's, yeah, a great, yeah. it's a great routine. It's really the only good thing they ever did. Really? Do you think that? Yeah. You're not. You're it not. is. Oh man, no. I'm. I'm. Uh, I never thought these fellows were funny. <laughs> wow. Hey, yeah. that's breaking news. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh uh, no, they, a- Abbott and Costello were. I'm sorry. They they were horrible. I was, I was a Laurel and Hardy guy. Uh, <laughs> and wow. Laurel and Hardy were genuinely funny. Abbott yeah. and Costello. They had the one routine, and it was great. <laughs> but they never did anything. I, their movies sucked. Every other routine they did sucked. <laughs> They were horrible. And I, you know, I don't, we had so much better at the time. (laughs) Holy shit. You know what? I don't think, I don't, you know, I got to find a lot of uh, staunch Abbott and Costello fans. They'll defend the bit. And I'll defend the bit, but no, they, but, they, they were never funny. I, I kind of know how you feel. I mean, I'm a big yeah. Marx Brothers guy. You talk about the old-timey oh, yeah. comedians. Yeah, I like the, yeah. Yeah, I like the Marx Brothers, lot. holy yeah. shit. The Marx Brothers are totally my thing when it comes to uh, that era in comedy. Yeah. 
But yeah, you know and what? Laurel, Laurel and Hardy, also Laurel and Hardy. brilliant. Whether you're watching <laughs> yeah. silent or with sound, they they did both incredibly well. Uh, but Abbott Costello had that one routine. That's it. <laughs> that's funny. I never knew this about you. Shit. Yeah. Well, that's uh, exactly what Sorry. happened with Laura Ingram. It was a who, who's on first yeah. scenario exactly. for real. It was. Like perfect. Just it was not perfect. Not getting it. So yeah. So the debate is still out. The debate is still happening on Twitter. People don't know whether it's real or not. But I I think we agree, Buzz. I think it was real. I think she didn't get it. Yeah. She didn't oh, understand. Yeah. She yeah. wasn't no, tracking. It, and she probably had other things that, on her mind. And she wasn't fully like paying herself. Attention. Yeah. Like herself. Like herself. Exactly. It's about me. <laughs> What do you mean it's about me? Yeah. <laughs> I never did a measles segment. What are you talking about? No, it's a show called You, you idiot. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Well, here's something that uh, I think uh, we need to make more noise about if we haven't already. And that is this uh, bombshell report from the House Select Committee on the Coronavirus Crisis. Yes. Which, before we get into the details of the story, this is the thing you never heard about before. The House Select Committee on the Coronavirus. And the reason I bring this up, Buzz is because I posted about this CDC Trump story regarding the early days of the pandemic, uh, which we're going to detail here in a second. I posted about it on Twitter, and I got replies from maybe a, a dozen people going, why don't the Democrats investigate this? And I said, the first sentence in this story details how the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis is investigating all of this. Right, right. So clearly what's happened is we have focused a lot of attention, rightfully so, on the 1-6 committee mm-hmm. and on the infrastructure debate and so on. And but meanwhile... Meanwhile, exactly right, the House uh, Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis, I'm not sure if there's even a shorthand for that, but they've been doing this investigation for quite some time now. So you're saying the House can walk and chew gum at the same time? Yes, it can. It's amazing. Mm. The chairman is Jim Clyburn, who's also yes. the majority whip. That's a big deal. Uh, on the Democratic side, the members include Maxine Waters, Carolyn Maloney, Bill Foster, James Amy Raskin, and Congressman uh, Krishnamurthy. And uh, on the Republican side, it's a couple of idiots and a couple of people (laughs) I've never heard of before. Steve Scalise, Jim Jordan, Mark Green, Nicole Maliotakis, I guess that's how you pronounce her name, and Marionette Miller-Meeks, which is my favorite name of the list. And so, yes, this is something that's been convened for some time now. They've issued numerous reports including reports about the Trump administration response. And so this is something that's ongoing. There is an investigation going on here. And provided the right amount of time and the right amount of information, the right uh, evidence and so on, this could actually lead to criminal referrals to the Department of Justice. This is how that kind of shit happens. This is how accountability occurs. That's my question is yeah. what happens to this now that we know, uh, it, now that we've documented what yeah. we really already knew. Oh, yes, yes. Well, obviously, we don't know for sure whether there are going to be criminal referrals. But right. this is how criminal referrals, at least out of a congressional investigation, would occur. Right? You get to a point where you find evidence, you investigate that evidence, you corroborate that evidence, and if it shows criminal activity by any of the people who are being investigated, questioned, uh, subjected to depositions, and so on, 
then you can make a criminal referral to the Department of Justice just the way the House of Representatives referred Steve Bannon to DOJ and the U.S. Attorney in D.C. These are war criminal level uh, charges, basically, that have come out of this report. Uh, yeah. Accusations, certainly. Yeah. Uh, and and now with evidence. And uh, we, we knew this all along. I think the report, I th if I may just sum it up briefly, I think what it says is that uh, the administration knew that this was serious, that they uh, silenced uh, the CDC, mm -hmm. that they they altered uh, scientific reports and, uh, you know, it played down uh, what they knew was a serious pandemic. Yeah. Remember Donald Trump screaming into every microphone he could stand in front right. of and go, right. slow the testing down, he was saying. And uh, that and was an commonly Jared heard. Kushner, yeah. <laughs> Jared, Jared Kushner, Kushner refer referring to it as a blue state disease. Mm -hmm, exactly. Initially. Mm -hmm. So the House committee investigating the coronavirus crisis uh, attained emails and transcripts that detail how in the early days of 2020, Trump and his allies in the White House blocked media briefings and interviews mm -hmm. with CDC officials. I mean, Fast. remember, up to that point, Buzz, the CDC was the gold standard, not just in the United States, but in around the world, the world in, in terms the world, of world, yeah, Bob. the world, exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so um, they blocked these briefings with CDC officials from the Washington press. They attempted to alter public safety guidance normally cleared by the agency and instructed right. agency officials to destroy evidence, destroy evidence. Falsifying documents and destroying evidence. Those are very, yeah. very serious crimes, uh, especially at the federal level. Yeah, and we talked, I think, last week about Deborah Burks and how she said that if uh, the CDC recommendations had been listened to by the Trump administration, it would have prevented hundreds of thousands of deaths. Burks, then the White House COVID-19 Task Force Coordinator, this is according to Politico, told the House committee in her testimony that Scott Atlas a radiologist and White House advisor who frequently disagreed with the CDC, attempted to alter the agency's testing guidance. Again, mm -hmm. slow the testing down. Everyone Altering thought, ha, 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 isn't that funny? Trump's joking about slowing the testing down because he doesn't want testing to occur because it shows more uh, positive uh, COVID patients. And and listen, I'm no Dr. Deborah Burks fan, uh, and I too am disappointed that she didn't speak up more back then. Yeah. But w what would have, you, you have to think that through. What would have been the result of that? Well, she would have been fired, and Scott Atlas would be in there instead. That's now, right. As it was, she and Fauci got overruled. Mm -hmm. uh, Fauci was more clever about uh, getting away with being outspoken. He had a little more leash because of his popularity. Yeah. Uh, but very little. Uh, there, there are reasons she didn't speak up and uh you know i think as a scientist uh you know like I said, at least she's speaking up now. Uh, I don't think it would have helped you or I or anyone else if she had spoken up at the time. I just yeah. don't think it would. Well, yeah, and along those lines, the little teeny tiny bit of wiggle room that I give Burks and some of the others who were right. uh, kind of corralled into playing with Donald Trump, I think to an extent they were concerned that if they opposed him too vigorously that they would be fired and then replaced yes. with someone yes. much less competent than Yeah, them. someone of the Scott Atlas variety. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you can imagine like Dr. Deborah Burks being fired and then replaced by like Matt Th Gates or something like that. That would have been worse. At least this way we had some credible scientific voices still in the government, at least yeah. trying to you know fight for what was right. Yeah, so this... 
this document, one of the documents they're talking about here uh, from the uh, House committee, resulted in less testing and less aggressive testing of those without symptoms that Dr. Burks believed were the primary reason for the early community spread. Mm-hmm. And she added that the change in the guidance was not based on science. So that leaves politics. And when that means covering Donald Trump's ass. That was the centerpiece of right. why we are where we are even today. And, and and that was a suspicion. Now we have evidence of it. The House yeah. Select Committee on the coronavirus pandemic has specific evidence from it. Will this be prosecuted? That's mm-hmm. what we can hope for. And we are talking, as I said, about some very very serious charges here uh, to be negligently responsible for the deaths of a hundred thousand people or more, yeah, yeah. 250,000 people, whatever, you know, uh, that's, you know, not since a world war have we seen the likes of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And judging based on what we've seen with Alex Jones and Sandy hook, this could be serious civil litigation for Donald Trump and some of the others who are part of this uh, civil yeah, litigation I hope that we it haven't take as long. Yeah, I know. That's just the thing. Uh, it's it hasn't happened as far as I know. It hasn't happened yet. I don't know that there are any class action lawsuits against Trump and uh, some of his henchmen for and the, yeah. and again the, the clock is ticking on our time and power. Or possibly, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we can't uh, guarantee victory in twenty twenty two. We can work our butts off for it mm-hmm. but but we don't yet know the outcome of the 22 election uh time might be short this yeah. might be our only opportunity to pursue the insurrection mm-hmm. uh and and the negligence in the pandemic so we got to stay ahead of all of this we got to make sure yes. these committees have plenty of space to operate in because the between the insurrection and the Oh, my God, the catastrophic bungling of the pandemic, especially in the early days. These are two. Yeah, these are two massive catastrophes in our politics, in our uh, uh, in our nation's lifespan. I'm sorry. I'm just wondering if the coronavirus committee would uh, be issuing subpoenas as the insurrection committee has done Uh, that that would certainly be a good sign i would think yeah yeah i'm trying to see if there's anything along those lines i mean they've had certainly uh uh hearings here yeah there was a hearing in fact there's a hearing tomorrow combating coronavirus cons and the monetization of misinformation that's a big Mm, deal that one's uh tomorrow uh building vaccine confidence uh hybrid hearing on how the meatpacking industry failed uh, the workers who feed America, uh, you know, so on and on and on. You can go to uh, coronavirus.house.gov, and that's uh, all the information uh, provided there, including the committee members and so on. So this is happening. And I assume that there have been subpoenas along these lines, certainly for documents. They would have had these would uh, hope so. yeah, documents. And, well, I'm sure some of them, especially the CDC, voluntarily handed over <laughs> documents sure. to the oh, committee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I imagine just to answer your question uh, that uh, if they haven't already, the subpoenas are going to start flying from from this committee too. We we were talking about the number of people we've lost, uh, you know, and and yeah. it reminded me of uh, something I snipped out of the Washington Post this week. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, Ron DeSantis, Florida governor, calling back the legislature in a special session to pass bans uh, on all public and private mask and vaccine mandates. Businesses are against this. Even some Republicans have their doubts saying, well, wait a minute, if we can't tell people they must wear masks, are you sure we can tell businesses that they can't 
require them. Yeah. You know, so there even there's even some Republican doubt here in Florida about that. But mm-hmm. uh, this guy may, DeSantis may get his way. Here's the snippet from the Washington Post I wanted to share with you today. Great. A physi- physician, Peter Holtz, professor at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston and a leading expert on the virus, calls DeSantis part of an anti-science aggression that is making it more difficult to control the pandemic. Quote, We've lost 150,000 unvaccinated Americans since June 1st whose lives could have been saved if they'd been vaccinated. Wow. Uh, and, and he continues by saying, and we're about to lose another 50,000 by the end of the year based on projections. These are deaths, 200,000 deaths in a year. And this is happening, he says, because of misinformation or disinformation. And that's what you're saying tomorrow's hearing before the Select Committee on the Pandemic is yeah. going to deal with. And this is the source of my disillusionment right now with many of our fellow citizens. And that is that it seems like we just can't accomplish big things. I'm not talking about individual scientists, certain uh, bills that get passed and so on. I'm talking about macro problems, problems that require sacrifice by the entire country. Things like the you know the World War II or uh, what occurred after 9-11, that kind of unity. We just can't do that anymore. We can't accomplish those big things as citizens anymore because of all the things that we talk about on this show on a my, regular basis. My, my, my theory is only a Martian invasion at this point yeah. would, would bring us together. <laughs> even so I, I hope for that. Yeah, mm. well, even that. It would be like, ah, oh, the Martians came down on the Democrats' watch and Democrats Democrats drop the ball. That would They're be CNN all, <laughs> all day long. Yeah, They're here to give us vaccines. Uh, one of the things, though, I want to talk with Dr. Erwin Redliner tomorrow about yes. is um, why we're failing to kill the virus when it's at its weakest point. It seems to me as if the most stringent uh, protocol should be rolled out when the numbers are at their lowest so you can smother it in the bathtub as the case may be. Yeah, I mean I think there was a time that was true but Bob, I fear that, you know, and I'll be eager to hear what the doctor has to say but but I fear that that ship has sailed. Yeah, I was I reading know. this morning that the SARS-CoV-2 virus, COVID-19 virus yeah. uh, is e- extremely contagious among white-tailed Deer oh, man. and f- all of the country, and wow. for that matter, for that for that reason, we'll never be rid of it. Ugh, like the flu, uh, yeah. and and uh, we. But yes, the more people who are inoculated against it, uh, against the flu, and against COVID, uh, the fewer people will get it. We, yeah. you know, controlling it is because we let that ship sail. Controlling it is. All we can do right now, in my opinion, I'll be eager to hear what the doctor says. Well, I'm already starting to refer to the next wave, the winter Mm -hmm. wave, which could include Delta Plus. I'm already referring to that as the complacency wave. Because that's what it is. That's what it'll be. It'll be like, ah, shit. Well, as we said before, Bill Maher said it's over. Yeah, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of doing the right thing. And so, fuck it. And that's going to cause the next wave. And uh, it's all compounded by the holidays. And and that's Mm -hmm. that's the tragedy of all of this. And uh, I don't know how you overcome it. I don't know how. I don't know what the solution is. We can't just magically generate this form of unity anymore. It's just going to. We're going to have the uh, tail wagging the dog, the shirkers wagging the rest of the country, shirkers wagging the responsible people for the foreseeable future. 
I could be wrong, and I'd love to hear from people about this. Yeah. I really would like to hear from people about this, maybe on the Patreon page or address this on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, I sense that there may be a great deal of anxiety out there right now about Thanksgiving next yeah. week. Yeah. I think there may be a lot of anxious people whose families are not vaccinated or partially vaccinated or you know, precautions haven't been taken. Somebody in the family travels a lot. Mm -hmm. Somebody in the family is gregarious and everyone is their friend and they're, you know, they're, they're having close contact with strangers all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there are things that some of us are nervous about. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a feeling that that's maybe more widespread than we realize. I'd, I'd like to know what the level of pre-Thanksgiving anxiety is out there for uh, Thanksgiving is such an emotional time for families to get together. And uh, sometimes that could be a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And very often it's a very uncomfortable and sometimes tragic thing. So, uh, you know, I just, I just would like to know what people are thinking, how they're feeling going into Thanksgiving, considering where we are in the pandemic. And I think, and I'm not trying to heap more problems <laughs> onto the pile here. I'm not trying to, not trying to. Never let that be said about you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to depress everybody. But one of the things I've been thinking about too is the booster rate, which uh -huh. is maybe a metric that more people ought to start paying attention to because the early adopters of the vaccines, the ones that were vaccinated in February, March, et cetera, uh -huh. those vaccines are rapidly wearing off. Right. It's possible that a lot of the people who were vaccinated early are going to be like, well, I'm protected in perpetuity. I don't need to get another one. And then you start to see the breakthroughs. And we can never remind people often enough that it isn't about you. It, it, maybe you're not worried that you'll get sick or you yeah. think that if you get it, you'll get over it and it'll be fine. Never mind the long-term possible side effects mm -hmm. of that. But uh, you do it for other people. You do it to yeah. protect grandma. You yeah. do it to protect your cousin. You, you do it to protect the people you love and care about or at least have to spend the holidays with. <laughs> that's right. And I think that's the thing that gets lost the most. We all, yeah. you know, have our own best interest in mind and as far mm -hmm. as, uh, you know, not getting it ourselves. But we have to keep in mind that it is. It's about the the macro issues. It's about the societal right. problem. And for me, it's always been, Buzz, that uh, it would be a shame if I got it and then I gave it to Kimberly. But to me, it would be even more horrifying if it jumped through a couple of people and ended up killing someone, something that yeah. I could oh, have yeah. prevented by not by doing the right thing, I could have prevented that person from dying. And, and you don't know if yeah. you're not taking precautions, you don't know who you may have infected. That's exactly right. So uh, on that note, you know what? We got to talk about something fun here in just okay, a minute. Good. Yeah, yeah. We need, we, we need that, Bob. I know. We got to change gears and uh, enjoy a little Schadenfreude at Alex Jones' expense. And so uh, we're going to talk about Alex Jones and a lot more. Right? after these words. Hey, this is Frangela, and we host The Final Word with Frangela and Idiot of the Week podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll love our show, where every week we talk about real news, real funny. So come on over and listen to The Final Word with Frangela and find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Bob Seska! Yeah.
song called Calling Everyone from his uh, album from a few years ago. This is from Harmony of Passing Light. Yeah, great fucking song. Bradbrooksmusic.com. Link in the description for you, as always, under this episode at bobseska.com. Thank you for supporting all of our independent bands here on the show. All right. You didn't tell me where we're going to get funky. (laughs) Funky. You know what? That song... Reminds me of a like a funky Rolling Stones. I could totally see the Stones doing that one. I loved it. That that's Holy a feel good song for. Well, uh, yeah. what I miss it feel good song for what? What did you for, say? For sure. I'm sorry. Okay. I, we've been we've been having little dropouts today. We Bob and I are hanging onto each other by a thread at this point. <laughs> always, always. Oh, it's nothing that a, a monkey with a baseball bat couldn't fix. <laughs> uh, speaking of a monkey with a baseball bat, Alex Jones was yes. found liable in his uh, Sandy Hook defamation suits. Couldn't happen to a better guy. After a long wait, justice for the parents who lost children, yeah. toddlers, who would be 15 years old now, oh uh, lost lost uh, little five- and six-year-old kids, their sons and daughters, in, in that massacre at Sandy Hook yeah. uh, Elementary yeah. School. Uh, and and Alex Jones said that they were paid actors, that there weren't really any grieving parents mm-hmm. because it never really happened, and that the parents were paid actors. They sued him for defamation, and he has lost every single case. As I understand it, he could lose everything. It's one of those things where it reminds me of that phrase that I used to say about Donald Trump. Trump always makes things worse for Trump. Mm-hmm. And in this case, Alex Jones made things worse for Alex Jones. You know why the judge ruled the way the judge ruled? Tell was because, because Alex Jones failed to present his financial records and was mm-hmm. then found guilt or found liable, not guilty, Hell. this is a civil case, found liable by default. He'll be showing those records now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. They wanted to show that Alex Jones was profiting off of this disinformation, these lies about Sandy Hook, which he was, absolutely. And so to get around that, he thought, well, I'm just not, not going to show them my uh, financial records. I'm just going to try to get around it that way. And, uh, and of course, that's... That's what screwed him. So he I screwed used, himself. I, I, on this. I, I used to I used to not worry about Alex Jones or the info wars he rode <laughs> in on, but but I've seen stickers on people's cars mm-hmm. and, and outside restaurants and other places yeah. that say info wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is leaked all over America, and uh, people have been listening to this guy. Uh, and I don't know if we're going to change their minds by sending him. Uh, by 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 make, leaving him penniless. Yeah. But uh, uh, it certainly will shut him up. Well, here's the thing. The influence that he has is so widespread. Mm-hmm. He has such a cult of weirdos and sycophants around cult. him. Listening to his show, certainly participating in his show. We used to talk about Dan Badandi all the time back in the Chess days of the show. And Dan Badandi was uh, an Alex Jones disciple and also a member of that universe where he was on the air with Alex Jones on many occasions. And so, you know, one of the things that uh, we always get into here is uh, that this has affected me personally. This has affected my family personally and that is one of alex jones uh disciples back in i want to say 2014 i think it was turned up at my dad's front door 
with what he claimed was further evidence of how Sandy Hook was a false flag and all the victims were actors. And it turned out that this kid who showed up at my dad's front door was actually looking for me. My dad and I have the same name, same first name, same last name, different middle name, so I'm not a junior. Um, but this guy looked up my dad, found my dad's address, went to his place, knocked on the door, and I can't even imagine. Every time I even say it, it takes my uh-huh. breath away. Yeah, I know. Uh, because he could have been armed. He could have tried to uh, do some sort of violence against uh, my dad. And, and so this is very, very personal for me. And one of the things that this kid was doing, uh, his sort of claim to infamy, was he was going around Newtown and tearing down all the memorial signs for the Sandy Hook victims. Like, for example, they had a, a playground that was dedicated, and it, it, uh, it uh, you have to forgive me here, it chokes me up a little bit, but the, what I this know. playground was dedicated to those 20 children and their teachers who were all killed in cold blood with an AR-15 firearm, mm-hmm. bought legally, by the way, and so this kid was taking down the signs off of that memorial playground. So no one could, and then he was defacing them. He had collected them in his apartment and then drove to his dad's house and was keeping them in his dad's apartment. And then at that point, he was within relatively close driving distance of my dad's house and turned up at my dad's door. And so I get this, you can imagine this call I get from my dad. Hey, you know what happened, Bob, just a minute ago? Like, oh shit, what happened? Is that when your dad recommended you get into a different line of work? (laughs) You know what? Uh, maybe another dad would have said that, but my dad yeah. was oh, not like great. my dad's not that guy. My dad, was, well, I, I know, and I know Ches was involved with the story. As yeah, well. yeah. Well, I mean, because I had a personal stake in it, mm. I didn't want to cover it myself because right. then that would taint my coverage. And so I, as soon as I got off the phone with my dad, I called up Ches, who, by by the way, those of you who are new to the show. For uh, many, many years, Chez Pazienza was the co-host on this show. It was me and Chez. The show was called Bob and Chez. And uh, we lost Chez in February of 2017, coming up on the five-year anniversary uh, this February. And so because he was writing, obviously, for the Daily Banter, I passed along all the information about this incident to Chez, and then he wrote it up. And so you can still look it up on the Daily Banter, see the whole story. Just look up Chez Pazienza, Sandy Hook. Uh, I forget the guy's name. I don't even want to say it on the show. But suffice to say, there is uh, obviously a direct connection between Alex Jones and and what his disciples do to harass the victims of Sandy Hook. My God. Yeah, I mean, and and of course, we all know, even with the tragedy of that, we couldn't do a goddamn thing about the proliferation of firearms in this country. Me- meanwhile, the in- meanwhile, the indicted Steve Bannon also has a following and is telling <laughs> yeah. them to stand by. Yes. Uh, those words and uh, do what he intended them to do, they terrify me. Yep. Uh, and, and so I... I Hope that what I've read about him being under surveillance is correct. And Mark Meadows, up next on the criminal yeah. referral list. Uh, this oh, is good news, too. I, I heard somebody, by the way, as we go into this, I heard somebody complaining about, uh, well, it was, and I forgive me if I'm not pronouncing his name correctly, because I've only seen it in print. Is it Eli or 
Ellie Mistal. Mistal. Yes, Ellie Mistal. He's on. And I, yeah. I, I, you know, normally I love this guy, and I love the stuff he says. He's been a little off base lately, and he was he was complaining about the fact that uh, the one six committee and the Justice Department seem to be going after only the low level people. But as Joyce Vance and Barbara McQuaid will tell you, any ex prosecutor, uh, any current prosecutor will tell you, yeah, we start with the little guys and work our way up. That's yes. that's how it works. Yep. Uh, Joyce Vance has explained a, a, a like a wagon wheel a, a sort of theory of prosecution where uh, you have the spokes of the wheel and they lead to the hub. Um, okay, in the meantime, one last thing we want to mention here on the show before we wrap up is that uh, in addition to uh, John Eastman, Mm-hmm. We have another memo writer inside the White House detailing on paper how to overthrow the election using Mike Pence and the certification of the Electoral College votes. Oh, and this comes she... to us from Jenna Ellis. Exactly. Yeah. She's a peach, ain't she? Yeah. She also wrote a memo. This is reported in John Carl's upcoming book called Betrayal. Uh, she demonstrated how Pence was under even more, or the, the story demonstrates how Pence was under even more pressure than previously known to overturn the results of the election. Ellis in the memo outlined a multi-step strategy on October 6th, the day Congress was to certify the 2020 uh, results. Pence was uh, to send back the electoral votes from six battleground states that Trump falsely claimed he had won. And this is kind of similar to the Eastman memo insofar as they were looking at the shadow electors that were never actually official shadow electors. But they wanted to treat them like they were official shadow electors. Right. And it just wasn't it wasn't happening. And certainly no. Mike Pence didn't go along with it. Thank God. But that's the other chilling thing about all of this is that Mike Pence was the only thing standing between us and the end of and, democracy. And to know that even he wanted to. He yeah. was trying yeah. to find a way to do it in a way that he could justify. And in the end, it was Dan Quayle who said, no, sorry, dude, there is no way to justify that. Yeah, yeah. The memo said that Pence would give the states a deadline of 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on January 15 mm. to send back a new set of votes, according to Jonathan Carl. Then Ellis five days before inauguration day. Exactly. Then Ellis wrote, "If any state legislature missed that deadline, no electoral votes can be opened and counted from that state." A nice such, rule if you make it for yourself. Yeah, such a scenario would leave neither Biden nor Trump with a majority of votes, Ellis wrote, which would mean Congress shall vote by state delegation. That was what they wanted to achieve. Right. The, that goal, was the goal was to send it to the House where the Republicans had a majority when it comes to state delegations in the House. Of course, because of gerrymandering. Because of gerrymandering, exactly yeah. right. Which has also uh, just t- taken five seats off the map in uh, what, what state is it? Is it? I want to say Wisconsin. Oh, I don't have the list in front of me. I know that in the redistricting that's been done so far, the Republicans have picked up five seats and the Democrats have lost one. We can't afford to lose six seats. Oh. We can't afford to lose five seats. We need oh, to nice. gain seats. So clearly, we need to work on our messaging. Yeah, uh, because the, we're getting things done. You've seen the evidence that we're getting things done. Uh, that message clearly, judging from the polls, it hasn't gotten through to the American people, and mm-hmm. we know whose fault that is. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's very it, it's very upsetting. Uh, the state of the media right now, uh, I, in my opinion, worse than 2016. Why? Well, I, I sort of I sort of understood their thinking in 2016, kind of, sort of, almost. Mm-hmm. But now I, I'm I'm aghast. I can't believe it at all. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think 
the malpractice by certain elements of the news media is responsible for the results of this uh, Washington Post ABC poll that's so confounding here. And here are the... Here are the three results that I zeroed in on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new poll shows that Americans say 63 to 32, they support Biden's $1 trillion infrastructure bill. Nearly they, two-thirds of us support the infrastructure bill. Exactly right. 58% mm-hmm. uh, say they support Biden's $2 trillion climate and economic policy bill. That's almost a supermajority, 58%. Mm-hmm. That's, Thir- yeah, almost 6 in 10, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. 37% oppose. However... say they're concerned about Biden doing too much to increase the size and role of government. Oh, my God. And that's why. Because Republican messaging got through. There was no Democratic message. (laughs) Right. It's just that simple. I mean, we we have to try harder. I'm not here to criticize or uh, denigrate. I'm here to say, hey, this is what we need to do if we're we're serious about what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Because even though we are doing great things, uh, clearly from the polls, the public doesn't know it. Yeah. Uh, The public has, in fact, been misled in the wrong direction Mm. by Republicans and by the media. So we really, really, really have our work cut out for us here, especially in this gerrymandering. Now, I will say that some of this gerrymandering can be overturned in court. And uh, it can a lot of it can be wiped out completely if we could pass a Voting Rights Act. Well, you know what? Also, too many people worry about the goddamn uh, deficit and the debt, which, yes. you know what? When Republicans are in office... Good luck. Yes, you need to worry about that because they never figure out how to pay for their shit. That tax cut bill that Donald Trump signed, uh, whenever it was, 2019, Mm -hmm. no stipulation in there in terms of how to pay for that at all. But what have we been hearing about with the infrastructure bills over this past year? How do we pay for it? What offsets do we develop in this legislation to pay for this so we don't rack up more debt? Because we allowed Republicans in the media to focus on the price and not the contents. Exactly right. So people reflect that, and then when they're asked, it's the same thing with the Affordable Care Act. We see this over and over again. It's the basic contradiction that uh, I think develops out of a misaligned news media in some uh, some sectors. And so that's it's so frustrating to see these numbers where, oh, yes, I support all the individual things in there, except the actual legislation. I think that's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Get the net. Like- Jesus. They- they like the service. They don't like the price. <laughs> exactly right. So uh, lots more still to come here on the show, mm-hmm. except what happens is uh, the rest of the show is going to be uh, 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 posted on for, our Patreon page, as we normally right. do. In the, for subscribers only. I want to I I talk about people complaining about books like uh, the new John Carl book. Oh, I, yeah. I, have a, I also have a uh, stolen joke of the week. Oh, good. And a, and a quote of the week. Okay. <laughs> well, great. Excellent. That's all happening on the Shadow Docket. That's our uh, bonus show on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Zeska Show. As Subscribe. I said uh, earlier, yes, $5 a month. That's all it costs. And you get uh, two uh, Shadow Docket shows every week, one uh, on Tuesday and one on Thursday. If this isn't enough for you, we've got more, lots more still to go on our uh, Patreon page. So sign up there. And as I said at the top of the show, in case you uh, somehow skipped over it, uh, go to our Patreon page right now and post your questions for Dr. Irwin Redliner. He's going to be our very special guest on our Wednesday show this week, our Wednesday interview uh-huh. show. Catch Ta- that. Talking about COVID from an actual COVID expert uh, just mm-hmm. in time for the holidays. And also, I want to hear about your Thanksgiving anxieties if you have any. Oh, yes, exactly. Sounds good. 
So uh, that's all coming up uh, next. Also, we're going to talk about, uh, let's see what else. Yeah, yeah lots of fun stuff. <laughs> Bolsonaro, yeah, fun. Liz Cheney, oh, even more fun. Uh-huh. Air, air strikes gone awry, fun even more still. Uh, <laughs> all right, folks. Have a great day. We'll see you on the uh, Shadow Docket. Take care. Bye-bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.